0: Today is Tynus Yud-Daled, so everyone give a hand because it's Yad Day today. And we are picking up on the bottom of Yud Gimel. Um, I'm Rabbi Kovacs, filling in for Rabbi Silber. Our sponsors today, we have a Talmud Torah sponsorship by Samuel and Malka Esterson, in memory of their parents, in commemoration of their yard sites, of Yitzhak Leib, Ben Aharon Ekoin, Saru Rochel, Bas Baruch Avraham, Hinda Bas Chenech Ephraim, in honor of the Rav and only does for the Kahila and the community. A Week of Learning sponsor by Mikhail and Sarah Lipman and family, in honor of Philip Sunfield's Siam Hashas. May Philip and his wife Judy merit to make many more Siyamim and continue to inspire us with all their Torah and Mycim Tovim. Mazel Tov, and by Bill Eskin, in honor of Chaim Rothschild. So he told me the turkeys were going to sponsor today, but they got geshekted. So I say, if you have leftover turkey, it's definitely mutter to eat it on Shabbos, but we say that you should always, even if you have a delicious... Food already. It's always good to make something else in honor of Shabbos. So if you didn't have any fish yesterday for some reason, yeah, go ahead and you know make some fish uh, for Shabbos also to enjoy with your turkey. Just not at the same time. Okay, we're both side. We are at the bottom of Yud Gimel, and the topic was. Thank you for the mic. I feel like it's like wow, like kol Ram, like amazing. It's amazing. Ram, kol Ko Ram. And uh, yeah, we, we got you. And we were discussing about Anenu. When we say the tefillah, the extra bracha of anenu on a fast day, at the shaliach tzibor, he says anenu as a separate bracha when he's davening out loud between uh, Goel and Rofe. He says the bracha of anenu and it has its own its own uh, end. It's its own separate bracha. But a yachid, he says it in the middle of Shema tefillah on a fast day. So they, they were discussing, the discussion in the, in the uh, Gemara yesterday was a yachid who's... Has its own fast. It's a it's a yachid. It's his own personal fast. He had a bad dream. He needs to fast for something. He's a kapara. Would he say anenu as a separate bracha? Can he make an extra bracha on the or does he have to put it in shema tefila? So then we said there's no difference. I'm saying out, outside what we what we said yesterday. He said there's no difference between the tefillah of a tzibur and the tefillah of a yachid on a fast day except there's one's 18 brachas, one's 19 brachas. So it implies that the tefillah of the Tzibor adds the Aneinu as a separate bracha, whereas the Yahid has it in Shomei Tzvila. Now when they say 18 and 19 for their Shemona they mean Shemona is 18. Now we know today we have 19, because we added lamini Lamashim, in Yavne. So that bracha is very new, it's only about 1900 years old, it's very, quite new. But in the old times, it was only Davka 18 brachas default and 19 brachot when you added a nenu. And then yesterday, we brought up this Indian of 24. Now on a fast day, we sometimes have 24 brachot on a public fast day. They would add in six extra brachot, And we're going to see that in the next parak what those were about. And the makor for being able to add. We actually mentioned it in the Gemara in, in brachos. We we're talking about tefillah in the fourth parak, But we're going to describe that in the next parak here in Tainus. So the discussion there was, well, there, there are other differences between Yahid and Sibor, not just the 1918, because there's this possibility of 24 also. So we're gonna, actually going to pick up on the first wide line on the bottom of Yud Gimel. I know we went a couple lines further yesterday, but that way we have a good launching platform to begin with. Does this say so right in the middle of the first wide line, Yud Gimel, Ahmed base, Ha, ein, bain, ketone. So it says there's no difference. When we see the words, Ain bain, there's no other difference. That's a wording in the Mishnah that implies that we've included everything in the category. So then the Gemara gets to use those words Ain Bain to examine, well, did the teacher of the Mishnah really put everything in the category into this Mishnah? Or is there something left out? And if something left out, what's the reason for that? So it's, those, those words Ain Bain give the, uh, the rabbis of the Gemara the opportunity to examine what's in the category and what isn't. What are the real differences? Ain Bain gimel Rishon, Ni, rishonot, the gimel Mtsayot. There's no difference between the first three fasts and the second three fasts. If like you send the Mishnah uh, yesterday, it was really, we read the Mishnah two days ago. So, no between the first three and the next three except for doing malacha Halachav but the 24 Brachot in the Tefillah, They are equal. Now, remember, these this three Rishonot and the three Achronot really are the middle ones here. That's talking about, the, first there were three fasts. Remember, the first three fasts were done by yehidim, by the leaders, the rabbis, and also people who wanted to step up to the plate and be you know, responsible for the community. That was the first three. Then the next three were public fasts. That's when they closed the bathhouse, they closed the restaurants, and everybody was fasting together. And then at the end, if that didn't work, there were seven more. But Here it's talking about comparing the first three to the middle three. So and they say, so maybe they were the same for, for the 24 blessings. Maybe on the, on the public tefillah, the Shliph said, all 24 blessings, like we're going to, to learn about in the next parak. Ton of a so the Mishnah taught differences and also left out. Ma shayar to So what did it leave out that it left out this? This is also an opportunity, if there's a list of items in a Mishnah, then the Gemara usually will analyze, well, what's, what's left off the list? If there's, something, if there's one item left off the list, there must be a reason why. The teachers of the Mishnah were not haphazard. They were dafka. They put things on lists because they belonged in the lists. If one thing's left off, we need to know why. If, if two or three things are left off, maybe they didn't include everything on the list. Vesu, and also how Ain Bain uses those magic words Ain There's no other which implies there's no other difference. Is lokamayri. The teacher of the Mishnah talking about the malacha was talking about isurim on a public fast day. It was also to do Malacha on a public fast day. It's not talking about the tefillah. It's not talking about the differences in tefillah between the first three public fasts and the next three public fasts. We'll get into that actually tomorrow when we start the next parrach. And you could say, or in the middle three fast days, lo they didn't dive in the 24 blessings. They didn't have the extra six blessings in their public tefillah until the last seven. Remember, it was three, three, and seven. For a Yud Gimel, why do they use why do use thirteen fast days? <coughs> thirteen mitos arachim, beautiful. So they went up to thirteen fast days. We'll see on today's daf there might be times when they go more than thirteen. The low and there's no more differences. The gemara continues Tanya, but there's a baraita Ein so Ben Gimel Shnius the Sheva Achronos. There's no difference between the middle three, which is they're saying here, the second three fast days, the Sheva Achronos to the last seven fast days. Ela sheba'elu elu but on these last seven we're matriya. The Gemara will explain what's matria. Usually, tria sounds like trua. Sounds like we're going to blow a shofar. We're going to see that in today's stuff V'nolin and we lock the stores so people are not looking at the food. Halakodiv is a shoving, which implies for other items they are the same. So for the 24 blessings in the in the ray, which is now uh, not a shmones ray anymore. Uh, they are the same. and if you're gonna tell me how Hanami, yes, they are the same. Tanavashaira here too. The teacher of the Mishnah left off some differences. Ha ain katani, it teaches Ain Bain, there's no which implies no other differences. Vitispra, is it true there's no other differences? Ain Bain Dafka, that the words ben in the Mishnah means mamish. there's no other differences. Turning over to the top of Yud Dalad, so give yourself a hand. Ha the Ha Teva, it's left off the ark. Now, the Teva, the last seven fast days, they would take the Ark out of the Beit Knesset. They were dealing with a, you know, a, a little city, a little village, where they have one big Beit Knesset for everybody, which, I mean, it, it, sounds, it sounds amazing, for both say there could be one synagogue for an entire city. As you know, a, a Jew always has to have a shul he goes to, a shul he doesn't go to, a shul he goes to when the kiddush is good. A, a Jew needs a lot of shuls. I mean, that's sort of like Lemaissa, how it works. I mean, it, it's nice. It's nice way. But they would take the Teva, you know, with the Sefer Torah in it, ...out to the public square, because they were all davening in the public square. They would all get together, and maybe the shot is they had more than one synagogue in the, in the town. They had more than one shul, but they would all go together into a space in public... ...where they could fit everybody in to have mamish tefillah for the whole city. And they would take an Aaron with a Sefer Torah out there on these, uh, on these last seven fast days. Now, it's not raining, so Baruch Shem, you can take the, the teva out, so Nebuch, they got a daven for the rain... Uh, they would take that out, so they left that out of the Mishnah. They didn't say, "On the last seven, you take out the teva to the public square to daven there together." In <laughs> Teva, So if we're talking about moving the ark into the public from the shul, that's not a that's not left off the list. Really, the katani because it's teaching you things that apply b'tzina. <laughs> Tzina <laughs> 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 means like privately, but here it means like personally. So a, a person can't do malacha can't do certain things. Really, the parhesia, public things like the whole the whole moves the ark into the public square, it's not, it's not dealing with those. So there's a good reason why the Teva was left off the list. There isn't a good reason why the difference in Tefillah, the number of brachot, is left off the list. You can also be Meduyik. You can learn from the wording of Amishna Mishnah, what the halacha is, the Ketane, it teaches. That these are yetzer, they're additional. They add on to the Rishonot, to the first fast days on these last seven fast days we're going to see the next Mishnah tomorrow they are They we assume there's some sort of trua or some sort of wailing going on and they lock up the stores but for the other matters like tefillah they are equal if you're going to tell me here too it's Tana Vishayar that the teacher of the Mishnah listed differences between the middle three fast days the last seven fast days but left off some differences like the tefillah. Ha ma elu katane. It says ma elu katane. These words ma elu also imply it's davka, these things and not more. Ma elu just means what about these? Like like just like these, and it, it has on the list. So it implies the wording of the mission implies it's davka, these things and not other things. So we didn't leave something off. But dispra, are you sure? Ma elu davka, that the words ma elu davka means these things. What about these? Uh, but it left off the Teva. So again, the Gemara says, if you're talking about taking out the Ark into the public square, that doesn't count as something left to the list because there's a good reason to leave that off the list. Because he's going to teach that in the same parak the teacher of the Mishnah, is going to teach you about the Teva. First, he teaches you about the things that apply bitzinah, that apply personally to an individual, and then it teaches you the things the community is doing together on these public fast days. So now that we've reached this conclusion... As of Arba, Nami loves so not mentioning the 24 blessings on those last seven public fast days, it's also not something left out. Uh, even though it's not listed in the Mishnah. There's a good reason for that. Because in the same parak, the Mishnah is going to teach us about the difference in tefillah, that on those last seven public fast days, the Chazan says 24 blessings in the Shmoda Esrei. So you get, 30, you get 33% more blessings free with your Shmoda Esrei. Uh, on those last public fast days, we're going to see. On our base, we, we don't really we don't we don't do this anymore, so don't get worried. Uh, keep, keep davening for the rain and the pranasa, but don't, don't get worried about learning a 24 brachas shmonesu. My hava la. So what did they decide about this issue? About the issue of anenu. rav bar the So we put this anenu. On a public fast day between Goel and Rofi. Rav Ashi Amar Mishmei the Rabbi Yonai, Bered the Rabbi Yishmael, B'shumei Tefila, So a Yachid, an individual davening on a fast day, puts his Anenu inside his Shumei Tefila, and it doesn't get its own Chayutim, it doesn't get its own seal of Beruchat Hashem at the end. But the Shliach Tzibor, davening for the public does put the Anenu between Goel and Rofi. But what if he forgets? What if the Shliach Tzibor, davening on the Amid forgets the Anenu there? What does he do? Beautiful. He puts in the Philos. Shemaetzfilos is like the backup. Mm-hmm. So the Shiloh becomes what if you, not, not you guys, what if Plony comes to Shul late and the, the Chazan's about to start the repetition, the, the Chazar's Hashad's, the repetition of the Shmonishrei, and he wants to daven along with him. So where should he put his Anenu? So the problem is he can't daven word for word with the Shelich Tzibor, the, the guy who showed up late and it's about to be uh, Shmonishrei time out loud, because the, the Shelich Tzibor is going to say Anenu between Gaul and Rofeh but he can't because he's a yachid so he can't follow along word for word he's got to sort of skip ahead and, and do the, do the aneinu inside the Shemei HaTefilah so that's for that's for a plony who shows up late because we don't Baruch shem. what about the Shaliyah Tibur himself Shaliyah gets to daven twice so it's a bit of a it's a bit of a discussion about what the shliach Tzibur does the first time because the first time he does it silently so if he's davening silently maybe he's like a yachid and he should say his aneinu in Shemei like a yachid but since he's about to daven out loud as the Shliyach Tzibor, the first time, silent amida is kind of like a warm-up. It's like, uh, you know, it's like the pitcher is warming up on the mound. You know? He's throwing some pitches. He's getting, getting the shoulder loose. You know? So it's sort of a warm-up. He should do it exactly like he's going to do for the Tzibor. He should do the Anenu as a separate bracha, like the Tzibor. So there are rabbis on both sides of the issue. It seems like the Shliyach Tzibor should say Anenu where the Shliyach Tzibor says Anenu as a separate bracha, even in his warm-up. So that's what he's going to do out loud. It's interesting that there's the same machlokas applies if you dive in a certain nusach and then they ask you to dive in a shul with a different nusach. So you're the Shleach tiber. so obviously if you're in an Ashkenazi shul, you're going to say Ashkenazi out loud. If you're in a, a, a Sephard shul, you'll say the Sephard out loud. But what do you do to yourself? So Rab Moshe says you should do like they're going to do out loud. But a lot of other post schemes say, no, you should do like you're going to do, like you always do. So if, if you normally daven a Chabad Nusach, you daven to yourself slightly Chabad Nusach, and then out loud you daven Ashkenazi like everyone else from the sitter that everyone else uses. But it, it is a Machlokis, so it's, it's something that, uh, that does come up if you're shul-hopping, like, like we mentioned above. So it's something, something to think about if you're called on to daven, how, how you look at your, your warm-up davening. Am I just warming up, or is this my own personal davening, and the, and the out loud davening is going to be a whole other Indian. Well, so Ask you do? Ask your, own. Ask your own. <laughs> But Rav, 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 Moshe, Rav Moshe says, Rav Moshe Feinstein said, they asked him and he said that uh, you should daven like you're going to daven out loud. It should be identical, but there's a lot of other post games say not like this. So Avadia says not like this. So there, there's what to rely on if you're comfortable davening your own tefillah. And then you're going to follow along very closely in the Siddur for the out loud tefillah of a different nusach. So, yeah, I mean, mistakes happen. So Baruch Hashem, the nusachim are not really not so different. If, if you go to different shuls, they ask you to daven, you'll see that it's, it's 99% the same. Baruch Hashem, Jews are Jews everywhere. There's a few little differences. The pronunciation's a little different, but Baruch Hashem, Jews are Jews everywhere. Yeah, Baruch Hashem for Jews. Good, so at the two dots. Tanechada, ubarot, umenikot. So this is a very important lemaisa Shiloh. What about pregnant and nursing women on a fast day? So there's one statement, one teaching, mit anot they fast on the first ones, and and they don't fast on the last ones. Tanya there's another teaching, another Baraisa, Mit Anot they fast on the last ones, mit It's the opposite. They don't fast on the first ones. there's another Baraisa hold on to your hats. The pregnant and the nursing women don't fast the first ones or the last ones. So these are all Mutually exclusive. Amar Ravashi. Avashi has a teretz. Nakut em tzaita We're really talking about the middle ones. Hold the middle ones in your hand. Dimitartzen, kuhu. That that's a teretz for everything. So what he means was, remember there are three sets of fasts. There's a bahab, a bahab, and a bahab, hab, hab. So there's three fast days which remember were the Yechidim, the people who are the leaders, the rabbis, people who want to step up and be responsible and they said remember not everyone should step up and fast when they don't have to because if it was an interfere with your daily living, your ability to learn Torah, your ability to function, you shouldn't, make, you shouldn't be machmir and try to fast when only the Yechidim are fasting. That's the first set of Behab. The second Behab is everyone, public fast day. That's when we said it's usher Malacha. They're going to lock the stores. And the last seven, we're going to see, they move the Teva into the public square. They have matria. It's, it's a lot more intense, the last seven. So the first three, which were just the Yahidim, and the last seven, which were very intense, we say that the pregnant nursing women should not try to do those. But the middle three, they should. So the first Baraisa, which said, they don't do the first, they, they do the last. So that's talking about comparing the first set of three to the second set, the middle set. And then it said they do, they do the last, not the first. That's comparing the second to the first. And then we say not the first, not the last. So they don't do the first Bahab or the bahab bahab, bahab at the end, but they do the Bahab in the middle. Now, Lemaissa, if a woman is pregnant or fasting, we are very machmir on Tisha B'Av. We are very machmir on Yom Kippur. But other than that, if you ask a shayla to a Rav, and a woman who's pregnant or nursing feels that she needs the nourishment, there are a lot of Kulas, a lot of Rabanim, who are makeal. For a woman who's pregnant or fasting, uh, sorry, pregnant or nursing, and nursing, we're going to see when we get to Nashim, when we get to Kasivas, and we get to Kedushin. Nursing can be up to twenty-four months after the baby's born. So really, the baby could be, you know, not so much nursing anymore. He's already two years old, the Manashim, uh, but she's still in that category of sort of recovering from birth, rebuilding her her nutrient stores, things like this. So a Chazal account for that. That fact of biology, they say up to 24 months, she could technically be in the category of nursing. So if a woman has a hard time fasting, it is a shayla, if it's not Tishbab, it's not Yom Kippur, it's another one of the fast days, including a public fast day for rain, which we don't do anymore. But in any of the other fasts, it's a shayla to ask because there, are, there is a lot of room for kulas for women who are pregnant or nursing. So it's interesting, the Lashon, they use um, achronot and reshonot. So, and it's lavdavka. So achronot here could mean the middle ones. And rishonot could mean the ones before the last ones, which is also the middle ones. So there's a famous story. There was uh, one of these maskelim went to see the gra. And he says, hey, gra. I don't know if he said, hey, gra. But he, 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 say, he said something. He was, he was being uh, a muskel. And he said, you know, there's a pasuk in Haggai in the second parik that says uh, the kavod of the, la, of the bias achron is the greatest. And it was talking about the second temple, because Haggai was in the days of the second temple. So you see from here, are we good? Yes. Uh-oh. We're, we're, we're fixing the microphone here. We're going to switch out the microphone, maybe. It's good? Okay, we're going to keep going. So the Pasuk in Haggai is mashma, that the second temple was the Achron. It calls the second temple the Achron. Now, Achron means last. But we see from here, it doesn't necessarily mean last. The Gra answered, the Gra said beautiful. You say that the that second temple was the last, but it's not true because Achron also means the middle one. And he proves that there's a pasuk, and the pasuk we just saw in Vayishlach. In Vayishlach, uh, it's, what does it say? It says that they sent, he sent Leah and her sons Rishonim, and then the Shvachot, and, and their children Achronim, and then Rachel and Yosef Achronim. So it says Rishon, Achron, Achron. So Achron doesn't mean last, it means next. So, I mean, the word acher in Yavrit, it, it, just, it means another. So like saying achron is like, it could mean last, but it could mean next. Say, rishon, achron, so achron. That's why I say the, the phrase achron, achron, chaviv. You know, the, we, save the best, say, we save the best for last. Like, when you're giving a lot of mazel tovs, there's a lot of simchas. So we say achron, achron, chaviv, we're saving the best for last. That doesn't mean the middle one was not also an achron. So the Gra came back to the Moscow, He says there's a proof from the pasuk that the achron could mean not just last, but it could mean next. So it does that in the, in the pasuk by Yishlach, it does that in some other places, in the, in the Tanakh, and it does that here in the Mishnah, where the Bryce and the Mishnah say Achron is not necessarily the last, it could also mean next, it could also mean the middle. So if any Maskilim come up to you with a pasuk from Haggai, and they say, "Oh, the second temple was the last temple. You silly Jews, you're praying for a third temple. It's not true." You say, "Listen, it's a Mishnah right here. The Gra already answered your question from Vayishlach, and you can throw the Maskeel out." So Baruch Hashem, that's the Gra on the word Achron, explaining Achron can mean next, not just last. So good. Ma elu yeterot all the notes. The Mishnah said these last are Yeter. They are have something additional on the first set of public fasts. On these we are matria. Sounds like lashon trua, and we lock up the stores. Good, right? The two dots we say. But my matria, what I mean? We're matria. What does that even mean? Rav Yehuda Amar bishofarot We do trua on a shofar on these public fast days. Rav Yehuda v'raya Rav Shmuel bar Shela, Mishmeh the Rav the Rav Amar During anenu we're matria. We wail and we moan and we raise our voice. Now this is not the same anenu. The anenu we were talking about. Just now is the anenu in Shmonesrei. The Rashi here points out this is a different anenu. So he says, Ravi Huda Amar Matrin anenu bekol Ram Hayutsachim anenu avinu anenu anenu elokei avraham anenu anenu elhei anenu anenu Yaakov anenu. This is part of Slichas. Akol kavisha Omram besof slichot. He says this is at the end of their slichot. Rashi says this was their nusach. So this anenu is they do it out loud. Interesting, the sfardim uh, when we get to this paragraph, anenu avinu, anenu, sing it. And they have one guy sing it, and then everyone else follows along. It's really the b- b- ram. It's like, a, it's like a leading in response. It's like a call and response. This anenu, Hashem, anenu, anenu avinu, anenu, is done that way by the Sephardim. So this is the anenu baslichos. So during the slichos, they're supposed to be out loud and a wailing and a community involvement. So if the slichos on a fast day is, is just, you know, it's silent and it's mumbling, you know, there's something missing. It's not really the same... The same as they had back then, as the Gemara is saying, their their anenu, their slichot was really intense. You know, the slichot has has a lot of power to it, and sometimes it's like, hey, we had to say all these things after Shemoneh You get, you know, it's getting taking a long time. The slichot has a very large power, especially on a fast day. We all come together. There's more slichot. It's something to look into and to appreciate that it it has, the slichot fila is often overlooked, but it is it is very vital and very important, particularly on a fast day. So they would say this, anenu. So it's a machlogis, was the matriah, was the with was the shofar, or during the anenu, during the slichot. We would have thought the one who says anenu is wailing during slichot, not necessarily the shofar, or or shofarot, lo amar banenu. The one who says you need to blow the shofar during tefillah, he would say you, you, you don't need to wail during anenu, during slichot. But tanya, the Bryce says, we don't have less than seven Tandiot al-Tzibor. Shevahen yudches hatraot. That they each have 18 hatraot. devar uh, Like Yericho. Yericho shofar Tava. And by Yericho, by Jericho, they blew the shofar and the walls came down. So why do we have 18 shofar blasts during these seven public fasts, the last seven public fasts, the most intense ones? Because they added six brachot. Remember Rebo said they had a 24 bracha shmona esrei during these last seven fasts, and during each of those additional six brachot, they blow shofar three times. I hope it wasn't during the, when the chazan was actually saying the brachot, it was maybe before and after, I'm not sure exactly how it worked, it wasn't there, but they would have shofar blasts during the tefillah, during these six extra brachot of Shemona Esrei, on these seven public fast days, so we have to blow the shofar. So it's a teyofta, for the one who says, it's anenu avinu anenu during slichot. No, a shofar. They agree. We need the shofar. The shofar is essential. La lahatra. A shofar is definitely called trua. We said by, by Rosh Hashanah, we blow the shofar. Definitely. But well, they disagree about slichot. Mar savar One says, raising your voice, wailing and crying during slichot. That's called hatra. That's that's also a trua. Trua is like it's like a wailing voice. That's what it means. Remember, wh- where did we learn the trua from? From which person in history? The mother the mother of Sisera. The mother of Sisera was wailing when, as Rabbi Silver said, she finally realized reality. She realized her, her son, the, the vicious anti Semite, was not coming home victorious from battle. He had been killed by the Jews in battle. And so she, was, she finally broke down those barriers and started wailing. And, and the, the machlok is there is was she sobbing like, oi, 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 or was she wailing like, oi? So we do both. We do both with our shofar, we do both for our, our trua. We do the shfarim and the trua. Uh, when the other one says that praying with your voice is not called trua, it's not called trua. For the opinion that says with anenu is our hatra, is our trua. a shofar is called a trua also. One who says that wailing is accomplished with a shofar, but during tfila, during anenu avinu anenu, that's not necessarily called a wailing, so that's not required. Tanya, but there's a brisa. Shar kol but other disasters, Hamid that are you know coming against the Jewish people, go like scratching. So the scratching here refers to scratching, itchy boils or itchy scabs because of some sort of lo eleno some sort of disease or something, blisters cause it. Cause. chagav is famously the locusts, like they had in Mitzrayim. Though in Mitzrayim, famously, in Mitzrayim, they had a bunch of species of locusts. We're never going to have that again, even though we have Chagav. Zavu flies, Tzira is wasps. The wasps were famously used by Hashem as a weapon when Amisrael invaded uh, Eretz Israel. Hashem sent the Tzira to shoot poison at their enemies. So that was the, the first use of chemical warfare in recorded history. Vietashim mm-hmm. and gnats that would, uh, Rash says, crawl into someone's nostrils. Lo, she, uh, she or if there's a bunch of snakes coming, a kravim scorpions. So all of these disasters, these are also worth fasting over. These are, if there's a plague of locusts or scorpions showing up, okay, you're going to start. It's, it's People are going to start fasting. Lo but they wouldn't do trua. So they're going to be fasting. They're not doing matrim elatzokim, but they would shout. They would yell. So it's even here. They weren't matria, which implies with a shofar, but they would shout and yell and cry it's and since tzaka literally means yelling, screaming, is bepey hatra Bashofarot. the hatra, the trua that we're talking about in the Mishnah must be with shofar. So the trua on these public fast days was with the shofar and not with yelling out. Tanahi notes in Machlokis, Tanahim, about the meaning of trua here. It could possibly mean aneinu avino, It Could possibly mean this lichos. Tanya Bryce says elu on these disasters, and these problems. We are matria bashabat even on Shabbos. Al Irshigiv Agaiz, a city that's surrounded by a, you know, Gaius could mean an army, it could mean bandits, a force, there's an enemy force surrounding a city. O uh, Nahar, a river, a river, he says, that's flooding, it's, it's gonna overflow its banks, and we've gotta evacuate people. Al a that's, it's, it's Trefa, it's, you know, it's got a hole in it, and it's starting to sink, and we have gotta get the people off, we gotta fake, we gotta save the people. On, on these, we could be Matria. Biyosi Omer, we do this matria to get help. So tria here, if it's on Shabbos, it's not with a shofar. We're not going to pull out our shofar and blow a shofar on Shabbos, but we are going to be shouting and yelling. And Rabbi Yossi adds, this is to get help. But to scream, no. This is a very interesting thing. And we say, what are we using here? If we're using a shofar, we're not using a shofar on Shabbos. We're using anenu. Well, really, we're yelling for help. So we see, shmamina We learn from here that anenu avinu anenu could be called trua. Could be called could be called hatraa, hatraa with an ayin. Hasra with an aleph is warning people they're about to do a crime. Hasraa mit an ayin means trua, means, means calling out. It's very interesting here. You can call out on Shabbat to get help, Ezra, but not letsaka. You're not crying out just to just to complain and say, oi, woe is me, oi ve the boat is sinking, the river is flooding, but you can call for help. So l'maysa, if you're trying to get help, if there's a situation of pikuach nefesh on Shabbos, you call for help. If you need the telephone, you need the telephone. If you need to go get the neighbors, you need to get the community together, you get people together. If there's like a search and rescue kind of thing going on, you get the people together. If it's because, well, there's something happening on the other side of the world, and let's all daven or say tehillim, that's a beautiful thing, but you don't go around on Shabbat screaming at everybody, come to shul and say tehillim now, because there's something happening that's not a pikuach nefesh, it's not actually in our community. It's always good to daven, it's always good to say tehillim, but we're, we're mechalek, there's Ezra and there's tzaka. If we're just calling out and screaming out, in tefillah, yes, that's always good, but on Shabbat we don't go around screaming and yelling, we need help, we need help, when it's not lamaisa, we actually need the help. So it's kind of like the boy who cried wolf, here it's the boy who cried anenu, but we see when, when you need the help, you crawl, you call out and you you get the help. Even on Shabbat, you, you know, you ask your friends, you ask your neighbors, you ask the community to come together to to solve the situation. So it's, it's you know, it's something to keep in mind. Our tefila is not just not just screaming at we're not just screaming at the clouds here. You know, we we're asking specifically for help on Shabbat. We ask our friends, we ask our neighbours the community, and from Hashem, we ask Lamaisa, we, we need help. We need help. Sometimes the best tefillah is H E L P help. help. Sometimes we don't it's, it's sometimes hard to die and we don't know what to ask for. So we say help. Good. Two dots at the very bottom. In his years, Habat There was a tsar. Now tsar here doesn't necessarily mean a lack of rain, it means there was a problem. Ghazar Tlasisre Tanyot, he was gozir thirteen fasts. They weren't answered after thirteen fasts. Remember, this was the first three, the Yahidim. The middle three public fasts, the last seven which were more intense with the trua and the locked stores and the teva in the in the city square, things like this. Savar the Migzartfei, he says, Well let's have, let's add another Bahab. Let's have a, let's have more fasts. But the Mishnah said, after thirteen we don't add on. Rabbi, Abba de Bar Abba Rabbi Ami the He says he was saying this not because it was correct necessarily, but for himself. Rashi here says, shehu lo He already had thirteen fasts. He didn't want to do another another Bahab. He was he was uh, he was uh, fed, he was fed up with fasting, so he was saying it for himself. So that sounds a little strange. So maybe it's lagarmi means it was his own reasoning. It wasn't a misora he had, but he was extrapolating because the Mishnah said we don't go over thirteen fasts. Uh, for a lack of rain so here even though it wasn't a lack of rain issue it was another problem it was you know the locusts or the scorpions problem something like this or, or you know a gzera of the malchus something lo aleinu. so he was extrapolating from the fasts for rain which we don't go over 13 to fasts for other issues elahachi <laughs> amar Chia bar abba amar Yochanan this 13 fast limit is only by rain of all the shamine puranut for the scorpions or for the, uh, the you know other issues we keep on fasting Bahab until we are answered from shamayim if it's uh, in it's one of these you know insects or boils or one of these other crazy things it's not a rain issue we keep going Tanya mihachi, There's also brisa like this. Kesha Amru Shalosh. We said three. Kesha Amru Sheva. We said seven. Remember, it was three, three, and then seven. Lo Amru Eligsh. Those limits are only by rain, by a lack of rain. We'd fast. Behab, 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 behab. Avol Hashamayne Puraniot. But for other disasters, mitanot vahochim, we go on fasting and going. We keep fasting. Behabs. Achiyano, Achiyano, until we get an answer. Sometimes the answer is no, but you know, God willing, you get an answer. Le matavei tiyuf Ami. So let's say this is a tiyuf to Ami. Amar lach Rabbi Ami It's a meluchas taniyim. Tanya, there's a brisa. Ain goesrin yoser misholoshisrei taniyot al We don't go over thirteen fasts on the public public fasts. L'visha ain matrichin al tsiyber yotamidai. We don't do tircha de d'tsiybara. That famous phrase meaning you know extra extra effort extra you know yeah inconvenience. Thank you. We don't inconvenience the public more than necessary. Divri Rebbe. This is what Rebbe says. Rebbe says we never go over thirteen, Omer, Shemhu, it's not a good comparison. Yatsu's It's not because thirteen is the limit, it's because if you've done Bahab, Bahab, Bahab Hab at the beginning of the rainy season, rainy season's over. It's the end of Marcheshvan already. If you've done all of these taniyot, you're already into the next month already, and the rainy season is over which means for other things that are not rain-related, you could keep on going, you could add more Bahab, you could keep on fasting because it's not a rainy season issue. Mm-hmm. Remember, the Mishnah had said that if they're, uh, at the very end of the Mishnah, it said, mm-hmm. if they did all these fasts and it's already springtime already, it's not rainy season, now if they fasted all these fasts and the rain never came and now the rain's coming in Nisan, in the spring, it's a call. isn't it the wheat harvest today? It's interesting, that, that Pesach is by Shmuel he says to the Am Yisrael, got together to vote for a king. They, they voted for the king. Fraschal was voted in. And they got together to elect the king. And he said, it's not appropriate to elect a king. He's going to take taxes. He's going to take 10% taxes for both sides. The federal government back then was taking 10% taxes. He's going to have a draft for the army. He's going to take your best cattle and your best horses. He's going to have eminent domain and make roads wherever he wants. And to prove that this is a not appropriate thing to ask for a king, it's going to rain today. And then boom, Hashem makes it rain because Shmuel the Navi said it's not appropriate to ask for rain right now. Now rain is a simon bracha. It would be good to have a Jewish king, but it wasn't the time yet. It wasn't time for David and Melech yet. Shaul was, in a sense, sort of a stopgap measure because they needed a king to lead them in war but they weren't, the world wasn't ready for, for David Amelech and, and the Malchus based David, so Shaul was sort of the temporary, we see in many ways, he's not like as gishmak a king as, as David Amelech, but they wanted to get together and elect a king, and this, so we see that sometimes during elections, strange things happen, and miracles happen, and strange, so I just, I mean, it's, it's right here in Shas, so, it, okay, so that was, the rain was falling, not at the right time, so we see that after 13 fasts, it's not rainy season anymore, and that's why the rain stopped, but if it's Scorpions attacking, snakes coming, and, and wasps. We could keep on fasting even though it's not wasp season. The Jews of Ninveh sent the mm-hmm. Rebbe. They sent a letter to Rebbe, Kigonan, and what about us? We need rain even in the middle of the summer. Ninveh is up in Ashur, and it's very dry there. They needed rain even in the summer. How should we daven for rain? This is amazing because, of course, Ninveh is famous for who? Who visited? Yonah. Yonah. Yonah visited Nineveh, and that was probably about seven, eight hundred years before Rebbe's time. So we see there were actually Jews. At, when Yonah went, there's no Jews there. That's why he didn't want to go, because there's no kosher food. Davko, didn't want to go. But now, eight hundred years later, there's Jews in Nineveh, and they're asking Rebbe how to Davin, because they need rain in the summer. Ki Dominan, are we like Yechidim or Ki Dominan, are we like Yechidim? We should put our request for rain, B'shameh Remember, in Shameh you can ask for anything, you can ask for anything. Or are we like a Rabim because we're like the Jews of Ninveh? We're like a city here, And we should say Ten We should say like this, like we do during the raining season, during the rainy season, they should say their request for rain in Birkasashanim even in the summer, even in Tammuz. said You are like Yehidim Mihmmetfilah. You should request your rain in the summer in Tammuz, in your Shamaatsfila. We ask a question on Rebbe, Amar Yehuda: shanim Kitiknan. When do we say that we only request rain in the rainy season? When the shanim k'tiknan, when the world is going according to the normal order? So Rashi explains that the harvest is in Nissan and the planting is in Marcheshvan. and the Jews are on their land. And Rashi says Bakach. The Minug of eretz Israel is to work when the Jews are on the land. Okay. So we know 150 years ago, Mark Twain went to Eretz Yisrael. It was a wasteland. It was swamps. So there was nothing growing. And then 20, 30 years after that, the Jews showed up and things started growing again. Yisrael Eretz Yisrael bekach. You don't have to be a Zionist to appreciate these lines. You just have to be awake. Are we awake? Eretz Yisrael works when the Jews are on the land. Eretz Yisrael works with harvesting, planting, growing, prospering, flourishing when the Jews are there. It doesn't work when the Jews are gone. We've seen this in the last 150 years. We've seen this historically with our own eyes. It's right here. It's, it's a Gemara. Everything's a Gemara, Rebosai. Volbizmanaze, but in this time, Hakolafi Hashane, Makolafi HaMekomos, there's variation. There's some, there's some climate change they had back then, Rebosai, and it wasn't always that. The, that Nisan was the time of harvesting, Maheshan was the time of planting. It wasn't always like this. So if you needed rain at a certain time, maybe you could ask for rain at that specific time. So maybe the children of Ninveh, the Jews of Ninveh, would be right to put their request for rain in is man. It's according to the time. They said back to him, Rami Saleh, uh, you're asking a, a Mishnah Alei a D'Rabbi against Rabbi Rabbi Tanahu. Paul Rebi is a Tana, He's on that level of Tana, He's a teacher. He was the teacher, the compiler of the Mishnah. He can argue on a Mishnah. So the Mishnah implies that there is some seasonal variation, but Rabbi says no. If you're a Yachid and you're in Ninveh, you should you should say in Shemay not in Birkat Hashanim. My Havilah, uh, what did we conclude by this? He says, if your community needs rain in the middle of the summer, not like everyone else, you could put it in Birkat shanim because you're a community. And we say, if you need rain at a different time, put it in Shemei HaTefilah. So they asked in South America, in Australia, what do we do? Because we know uh, south, of the, south of the equator, it's upside down. Their seasons are flipped. So it was, a, it was never mentioned in the Rishonim. It's never mentioned in the Gemara because all the Jews were living in the Northern Hemisphere. The entire Middle East is in the Northern Hemisphere. But once you get Jews in South America and Argentina and Brazil and Australia and everywhere, so they asked the question. They said, really, this this gemara implies in Shema it be appropriate to say your ten tala mater livrocha in Australia if you need the rain. in, the, in It's the summer for everyone else. And Eretz Israel doesn't need rain. The rest of the world doesn't need rain. But you need rain. It might be more appropriate to do it in Shema Tefila. But That's a discussion in the recent post game about how to daven if you need rain in Australia in the summer when everyone else does not need rain. Well, it's their winter. It's our summer. So that's, everything's upside down there. So if anyone goes to visit, let, let me know how they daven. B'Sheni uh, Mati Nimashecha on day two, which is Monday, we tilt the stores opened towards evening so they could go and buy food. Because remember, they're fasting Bahab. And they would close the stores, but they had to buy food to eat. The Chamishi and on Thursday we would open the stores all day because of Shabbat. You so they say, say, what is the parameters of opening stores? Ehi kitani what is what is the teacher talking about? Masehi, which is Monday, Matin we tilt open the store. We mean, maybe it means we open all the way towards the evening. the Chamishi or and on Thursday we open the entire day, meaning Kavod Shabbat, so you can buy need for Shabbat. Odima Matin. Maybe on Tuesday we tilt the door open a little bit, we crack the door open. We open the door all the way the entire day. The price explains the Mishnah. On Monday, we crack open the door towards evening. On Thursday, we open the door wide the whole day. So you can go in easily and get what Shabbat. If there's two doors, you could have one door locked, closed, and the other door of the store could be open. It's the book. There's a bench in front of the store, connected pitro in front of the door. The bench is kind of blocking the door. People aren't going in on a, aren't looking into the see the food on a fast day because the problem is people are going to see food on a fast day and get upset. Avru elu velona nu. If these fast days passed and we were not answered. With my team, the Matan, you decrease your mm-hmm. business, babiny, and building of Nytia, and in planting, as the Mishnah said, Tana Babinya and Binyan Shel Simcha. So you could keep building other things, keep building the shul and whatever the bathhouse, but a binyyon simcha, you couldn't keep building Natya, Natiya Shel Simcha. Or planting would be a planting of Simcha, but regular planting you could still do. He's building a wedding hall for his son. Sometimes they would build a new building for the wedding to take place in. And in that building, the chasan kala would live after the wedding. They'd have a sheva brachas in that building. This is why sometimes uh, in certain traditions, they only say sheva brachas in the house of the chasan because they literally built a house for the Hassan and kala. Sometimes it was built on to the existing house of the, of the in-laws or the parents or whatever it is. So don't try that at home. What is a planting of Simcha? This is an arvaniki Rashi brings tupshatim. You plant a tree when the prince is born and you're going to use that tree later to build his throne. Or you plant this nice grove for shade for the king to hold court outside in the nice grove. This is a Natiya of Simcha. You don't do this during public fast. It's the, the the rabbis, the learned people. All of us in the Yomi. Ein she ein shalom They do not say shalom aleichem to each other on a fast day. Amay aarit If an amay who doesn't know the halacha very well, he asks you shalom aleichem. How are you doing? He starts schmoozing. the You can answer him out of respect. You know, don't ignore someone. Someone says hello to you. Don't ignore them, please. Someone says good morning. You know, you, you, you try not to ignore them. Of course, if you're diving, you can't. You, you say hello, you wave or something. But out of respect, you answer him with safarafah, with like a, a weak voice, covid rosh, and with seriousness. And the the serious people would be mitatef, they'd be wearing their talit, or their, something on over their head, like a turban on their head. They'd sit like mourners, or like people, menuda, like excommunicated. People who are nazuf, who are cast away, from Hashem. We use this word, nizifa, By uh, if it rains on Sukkot also, like we're being, we're being pushed out. You take it very seriously. Until Hashem has mercy on us. So we treat a fast day very seriously. We're not joking, laughing, schmoozing. We would treat it with uh, COVID Rosh. And if somebody is a little lighthearted, so you can speak with them, but in a serious tone, with a hushed tone. An important person can't fall on his face. This doesn't mean trip and fall, God forbid. This means during Tachanun we put our heads down. This is actually an extra myla. This is an extra tachan where they go down onto the floor. Pesachim say this refers to kida, bowing down onto the floor, all the way onto the floor. And we do this on Yom Kippur. When we do this on Yom Kippur, we have a rug or a sleeve or a towel or something separating us from the floor because there is a problem called uh, maskit, tiled floor. The, the Avodah Zarah nicks, they used to bow down on a tile floor to serve their Avodah Zara. So it's de deraisa to bow down on a tile floor. So you guys in the back where there's tiles, you got to watch out. But we make a gazera any floor. We don't bow our head down to any floor, even if there's a carpet, even if there's a hefseq. We put something uh, there, like a, like a sleeve. Your hand doesn't work because your hand is part of your body. So that doesn't work as a hefseq. Use a sleeve, you use a towel, you use something else to uh, block your head from the, the floor because we don't bow down on the floor because the avodazara guys used to do such a thing. So this Yipol Opanov is an extreme measure of humility. You're really bowing all the way down to the ground. So an Adam Chashuv is not Rashai, Lipo Opanov, ken unless he's going to be answered through doing this act, Kiyoshua bin Nun, just like Yehoshua bin Nun, who bowed down to the floor and was answered. Shinemar, the Postuk says, Fa Hashem, eli Yehoshua. Hashem Yeshua, Kum Lech. Uh, stand up and go. Why are you falling onto your face? Why are you prostrating all the way, face down onto the ground? I'm answering you. So Hashem was answering Yeshua, who went down and did this act. But a person shouldn't do this. Adam Chashev shouldn't do this. Rashi explains. People are going to say, "Oh, he's not so Chashev. He's not such a he's not such a guy." Elazar, Adam An important person can't wear sock sack cloth. Elim Kenane Kiahoram Benakh, unless it's gonna be answered, like herbs and mar by he shmach, a diva ishovy crowd big adov uh over ala la alachoma bayora aam uh sock albisaro, and he's wearing socks. So the the king was wearing sackcloth and they did shuva and they were answered, they got rain again. So what's go what's going on here is there's actually there's a benyahuyada, so barsh. So Hashem said. Uh, so Saeed said it would be an amazing daf, and Hashem arranged it so we'd have a Ben Yehoyada today by the Ben Shchai. He says, Rashi Ken He's not going to be answered. Or they're going to disgrace this Adam HaShav. They say he's not so HaShav After all, he's not so tzaddik, is he? Hiksha uh, Marsha. The Marsha asks, Eno Rashai? What if he doesn't care that he's being embarrassed? Okay, he wasn't answered. He's not embarrassed. Nearly, so the Benishai says, so He's going to say, Look, Nefila Appaim doesn't work. Bowing to Hashem doesn't even work. It's not just the man who's disgraced when he's not answered, it's the act of bowing down to Hashem itself. This idiot, He thinks Hashem pays attention when you bow down. Really, Hashem does pay attention. So he's disgracing the act itself. He doesn't know this doesn't work. He's, uh, he's not such a mamin. So if somebody does extra pious things and he's not answered, he's publicly doing acts of piety and chumras and he's you know, doing all the mailas and Hashem doesn't answer him, it's a disgrace not only to him personally but to the pious acts that he's doing, to his bowing down, to his tachanen. So uh, it's because he's not chashuv; he's not answered. They wouldn't, they wouldn't insult the act itself of piety. Now this is interesting. This is the benishchay, and shitaso he says when you do what we call the apaim today, we don't go on the floor; we 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 go on the table on the sleeve. So, you'll see the Sfardim don't do it. The Sfardim don't do this during Tachanun because of the Benishkai. The Benishkai from earlier sources, from the Zohar, he says a person could be mitchai of benasha, could be of misa, ki alyadekach, doing this act of extreme piety, hametragim yitargu, The accusing angels, they start accusing Allah of Lomar, ze smachel He's relying on his being a tzadak, we're going to look into it. So he says, if somebody does Nefilah an, Sepayim, and it's not Toch his heart is not really into it, the accusing angel is going to come after him, because Nefilah Sepayim is a very serious act to do. They actually see in Bava um, Metziah, after Rebbe Eliezer, Tanar Shachnai after they sent him out, he does Tachanun one day, Nefilah Sapaim, and Rebbe Shua dies. Because of his Nefilah Sepayim, because he was so upset. So this is Nefilah Sebaim, the Ashkenazim, they still, they still go on the table, on your sleeve is the minag, but the Sephardim don't do it because Ben Chai says the accusing angel is going to come after you, so that's why they don't do it. We'll go a little further. Um, go, yeah, we, we have, we have uh, one minute left. We're going to wrap it up here, but it's interesting, this, this Ben Ahav, Yehoram Ben Ahab was the king, and he, he did sackcloth and fasting, and he was answered. What happened was a woman came in front of him and said, I want to sue my neighbor because yesterday we ate my kid, and today, we're gonna, we agreed to eat her kid, and she won't let us eat her kid. That's how bad their situation was. But they were still going to court over it. They weren't fighting over it, so it's a really amazing thing. And Ahav himself, Ahab wanted to use eminent domain to take his cousin's field, and that's why he was Ahav and Jezebel. And Jezebel said, no, you can't do that. It's not going to work out. It's going to be look like an illegal seizure by the government. So we have to hire false witnesses to accuse him of slandering the king so the king can take his property. But you see, they were very concerned about the legalisms, about going to court. It's about who's gonna eat whose son during the during the during the um, the rav, during the hunger. They're very concerned about eminent domain and so you see Jews are always Jews always wanna to go to court, Jews want, always want to do things legally, even during a tough situation. So we're kind of in the middle of this Nafila Spaim issue, but Baruch Hashem today all the Ashkenazim should should go on the table, on your sleeve, and the Sparim should not. That's what the Bedish Kai says. Shkayah Bosa.